Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. We seem to have entered the season in the church of the laity increasingly asking the good bishops, the good cardinals, and their typical parish priests to step up and do their jobs, relative to where they are in the ecclesiastical hierarchy, of course. It is worth remembering in life that given that the Catholic Church is a hierarchical church, we, the laity, should first and foremost be looking to priests and bishops and cardinals to lead in times when leadership is not coming from the papacy, or at least not positive leadership is coming from the papacy, or from Rome in general. We've entered that season because I have yet another open letter to priests. This one from a layperson published on Aldo Maria Valley's website. Mr. Valley has an interesting way of presenting this letter. He, at the very beginning, he kind of goes back and forth with his own thoughts before just letting the letter run. And so I, when I read it to you verbatim, you will see a little bit of that dynamic play out. But the letter is presented in light of the Fatima message. Fatima, we tend to focus on the third secret and the messages Sister Lucia received from Our Lord and from Our Lady in the 1920s into the early 1930s and everything around that mess. And of course, the contents of the alleged third secret that was given to us in the early part of this century versus what those who claim to have read it had said was contained in the Fatima message. This letter is a little different than that. This is focused on a part of the Fatima message that touches the lives of Catholics every single time you go to Mass, and that is on the Eucharist. This letter should be understood and should be read and absorbed by the bishops of the United States, especially, who have embarked on this Eucharistic revival. I just read in a comment on one of my videos today that they, the person said they knew the Eucharistic revival was not going to be taken seriously when the issue of unneeded extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, the Eucharistic lay ministers, was not addressed, when communion in the hand was not addressed. Both of those were given by the Vatican permission to happen only under certain circumstances, but have become the norm in every parish in the West. And if you say anything negative about them, the pushback you receive is the stuff of legends. Be that as it may, though, our blessed Lord in the most holy sacrament of the altar is treated with grave disrespect every single Sunday at every virtually every mass in the West. It just it, he just is. It's an undeniable fact at this point, something which Cardinal Robert Seurat has spoken about many times and gets great pushback for. This layperson here writes this letter to priests and he challenges them to uphold the Fatima message and to do something about this misuse of the Eucharist. Open letter to priests. Why don't you do anything against the ruin of Eucharistic worship? Dear Aldo Maria Valli, I'm a young lay Catholic and I attend, when possible, the usual Mass. Otherwise, I am satisfied with the new one. A few days ago, on the 2nd of February, I attended a new Mass celebrated by a priest of a conservative religious order linked to the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. Being the first Friday of the month, the priest, rather piously, just before communion, offered, quote, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences with which the Lord is offended, recall the traditional practice of the nine Fridays dedicated to the Sacred Heart. 
This left me rather perplexed. The expression immediately reminded me of the apparitions of the angel to the three shepherd children, which occurred the year before those of the Most Holy Virgin. The angel taught them how to offer the communion of reparation, kneeling and reciting the formula three times. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask your forgiveness for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Most Holy Trinity, Father and Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly and offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences with which he himself is offended. And for the infinite merits of his most holy heart and of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I ask you for the conversion of poor sinners. He, the priest, next communicated to them while they were kneeling, and then repeated the prayers three more times, prostrate. In the Mass I was present at, however, I saw something completely different. Although the intention was the same, how distant was the expression? Communions taken standing, on the hands, and distributed by, quote, an extraordinary minister, whose real need was very dubious. I therefore asked myself, but how can these priests, whether they are religious, secular from parishes, or from orders linked to Fatima, not realize the clear evident gap between the angel's teaching to the shepherd children, because this was an education, a catechesis on reparation, and post-conciliar praxis? How can they coherently disseminate the message of Fatima in its authenticity if in practice it is cancelled out in all its charisma and profound meaning? Certainly, readers of Duke in Ultum are familiar with the results of a survey on the beliefs of practicing Italian Catholics, called Italians of Little Faith. Well, remember that the results regarding the Eucharistic uh, practice were disconcerting to say the least. Only 32% know that communion is the body and blood of Christ, while for 50% it is only a symbol, and for 14.3% even a, quote, particular host that recalls the bread of the Last Supper. In short, 7 out of 10 practitioners go to Mass without knowing what the Eucharist is. I ask myself, therefore, according to our pastors, what do these results depend on? How can we deny that evidently desacralizing practices of communion standing and on the hands, in Italy only starting from 1989, have had an impact on Eucharistic worship and on the perception of the identity of the Eucharist? How can we think that moving from the thousand-year-old practice of communion on the knees and on the tongue, administered only by priests, to a practice taken up by the Protestants, would not have undermined the faith in transubstantiation, and the supreme respect that is owed towards the Eucharistic species, and in the way of behaving in church? I hear people say, but it is the internal reverence that counts, not the external one, like that of the Pharisees. This is the typical response of the average Catholic today priest or layperson. But this answer eludes the facts. The loss of reverence for the Eucharist, which however is not only external. How many of those who receive communion in fact regularly confess? How many know that by communicating in mortal sin they commit a horrible sacrilege? How many believe in the existence of hell and the very concept of mortal sin? The answer, which should be logical, is that internal reverence matters as much as external reverence and vice versa. No saint, having a pure heart and therefore a perfect internal reverence, would have ever risked communicating in the superficial and outrageous way with which today people claim to welcome the King of Kings, almost as if it were not written that, quote, in the name of Jesus every knee let him bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Nor would it make sense to approach the body of the Savior with apparent devotion, but with a soul stained by sin. External reverence serves as a repellent to the bad and a warning to the good, and this is easily demonstrated. Think of Berlusconi's funeral. How many journalists, showmen, and showgirls would have been careful not to approach the sacred species if they had been asked to kneel in front of them? I believe that many, predictably not prepared at all, would have abstained. Can it be denied? By their fruits you will know them. 
My dear priests, when will you pretend that the crisis of faith within the church is due only to the world, and not only to these unfortunate post-conciliar reforms? Why don't you dare to do anything against the ruin of Eucharistic worship, undeniably, quote, legalized by the authorities of the last 60 years? But above all, why adhere to the authorizations and orders issued by the post-considered hierarchies, contrary to the sacred tradition of the church and to the faith of the church itself? Why are you so afraid of respecting the venerable customs of the fathers, even at the cost of holy disobedience? Why must you let only the truly disobedient to Holy Mother Church have the courage to introduce their poisonous errors? In fact, communion in the hand spread precisely in this way, through disobedience. And instead of removing this evil, the authorities ratified it. And how did they ratify it? According to the Memoriale Domini, 1969, of Paul VI, such abuse could be authorized by the Episcopal Conferences only where it was already widespread at the time of the publication of the aforementioned instruction. Yet the Episcopal Conferences began to authorize it everywhere. In Italy, for example, in 1989, during a session held in the middle of summer, with only one more vote in favor. Communion administered by lay people, unique in the history of the church, is the most anti-traditional thing that has ever been created. It only existed in the first centuries in case of extreme necessity, and never concerned the distribution of the sacred species during the liturgy, as explicitly declared by the Council of Trent. Look at the example of the saints to understand, and how these customs are foreign to the true faith. St. Charles Borromeo, having inadvertently dropped a host, did not have the courage to celebrate Holy Mass for four days, and imposed eight days of fasting as penance. St. Teresa of Avila, having found a fragment of the host on the patent, called the novices and, in procession, carried the patent to the sacristy with great veneration. In the Tridentine Mass, from the consecration to the ablutions, the priest keeps his fingers, thumb and index fingers, joined, so that no fragment, even the smallest, can be lost and we can continue with endless examples. And you, to respect the sa sacred tradition of the church and the sacred deposit of the faith, avoid applying these rules which are the ruin of the church, are afraid. As Jesus said to Padre Pio about sacrilegious priests, butchers, is this how you will save our souls? Is this how you will serve the church? Is this how you will serve God? And then you get to the signatory session. That is the letter of a young man who is outraged by the treatment of the Eucharist, as he is seen at a typical, even conservative, so-called ordinary form mass. But he's not wrong. Every single bit of historic citation he cited is 100% accurate. Communion in the hand was not a practice widespread in the early church. That is a myth. The laity giving the Eucharist in the early church was a myth, except for under extreme circumstances. Beyond that, the practice in our time of extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion was done as an act only to allow for its implementation where it was already in already a widespread practice. But even then, what he did not mention was that the Vatican authorizations for that were only limited to, again, extreme circumstances, where a priest might have long lines and be the only one to give communion where a priest might be too old to give communion himself, where offering the Mass was difficult, but he could do it, but he needed assistance in, in distributing the sacred species. Those were the circumstances that it was allowed in. That's not the practice, obviously. That's why the term extraordinary minister of Holy Communion is a bit ironic, because there's nothing extraordinary about them. They are the norm in any parish you go to. And the other things he cited there also were historically accurate. Uh, he didn't mention the practice of 
girl altar boys. That was a that was also a practice done in disobedience to Rome. Communion in the hand, disobedience to Rome, all of it, disobedience to Rome. But unfortunately, in the 1970s and 1980s, the Vatican did not have the courage to treat the priests who did these things the way they should have been treated, which is with excommunication. That's how they should have been dealt with, or at least being laicized. And so now we have widespread sacrilege and widespread abuse of the sacred species happening at every parish, it seems, every Sunday. And that layman has had enough of it. And that practice was the one that drove me away from the so-called ordinary form and why I won't go back. We need to actually act like we believe what we say we believe and treat things with the due reverence that they are due. Our ancestors knew about this. But in this age of individual papalism, where every man is his own pope, his own badly formed conscience is his guidestone, in this age, we think we know better. Perhaps it's time to return to the wisdom of our forebears. I'll have a link to that letter in today's show notes at returntotradition.org along with the, sh- the uh, show notes for my live stream this morning. Check them out, if you will, again, returntotradition.org. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, this helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria. <laughs>